from Abraham and Sarah camping under the oaks of Mamre, to Jesus in the home of Mary and Martha in Bethany, we see a God offering grace, for which we can offer no work in return. So why do we toil so hard? Richard Helmer delivered this sermon on Sunday, July 22, 2007, at Church of Our Savior. So about ten minutes before the eight o'clock service this morning, Roz turned to me and pointed out to something I hadn't realized, that in all my busyness and being distracted this week, I had clicked on the wrong link for the lectionary and had prepared to preach on the wrong Old Testament lesson. So that's why you got a little white sheet today, and instead of reading from Amos, we heard from Genesis. And that's supposed, that probably is very fitting for my sermon because my sermon began today for all the chosen biblical passages of the lectionary, and I thought, well, it depends on who's choosing them, right? <laughs> Just the same, they left me initially short of words, and for good reason, I suppose, because we are offered, instead of a bunch of distracting tasks, three images of God's grace. The first is of Abraham and Sarah camping under the oaks at Mamre as they welcome the three guests, angels in disguise as tradition holds. Abraham busies himself with hospitality for these strangers, a theme that will echo throughout scripture reminding us down across the ages of the primacy of welcoming the other our primary spiritual practice. One of the strangers promises Abraham and Sarah a child. It's enough to make Sarah laugh, given her age. Then we fast forward to the latter half of the first century, and Paul, or one of his spiritual kin, write to the church in Colossae of the wondrous grace that has reached the Gentile community in Christ. It is, in its own way, a glowing evangelical tract of sorts with enough fervor, so much fervor, in fact, that the author pushes his own suffering forward and says it completes Christ's. That's a bold statement indeed, if you think about it for very long. And then in today's familiar gospel, Jesus turns the hospitality question on its head when he is welcomed by Martha into the household she tends with her sister. And Martha does what is expected of her regarding hospitality, while Mary sits at Jesus' feet. So I have no doubt that the irony is not lost on this community of Church of Our Savior. Take another peek at the Martha window, if you haven't already seen it, it's in back at the foot of the stairs to the balcony, and it is dedicated indeed to all the Marthas of Church of Our Savior. And yet Jesus says it is Mary who has chosen the better part. So, oh yes, we know our habit in these here parts, and much of it involves hard work. 
Choosing the better part is a challenge for all of us who live in this part of the world. Indeed, in much of the world, the same applies. Our global economy is built on sweat equity. Some of it justly, some of it unjustly squeezed from the teeming masses of people. And I don't need to tell you that many of us run only so that we can run faster. My undergraduate chaplain, a proudly self-proclaimed Luddite, would often opine something like this. Our technology, while originally intended to make our lives more convenient, has only succeeded in making our lives faster, more, quote, productive, as that much-declared economic indicator gets bandied about and the stock market responds accordingly. Despite our advanced and hyper-efficient resources, we work just as hard as many of our ancestors did, sometimes harder, because we have the tools to do more, and more is better. In the church, we say about the same thing, but we use the language of the nonprofit community. Just this morning, a report from the Corporation for National and Community Service was gleaned from the Christian Science Monitor and was making the rounds online. It was all about the dropping volunteerism in the United States. And David Eisner, the CNCS's CEO, was quoted as saying, our work is cut out for us because nationally the volunteer bucket is a bit leaky. We get a lot each year, but we lose a lot each year. We have to figure out how to plug those holes. So being on paid staff of a nonprofit organization, which is what a church is, I can sympathize with the mechanical thinking behind his assertion. But if I think about it very long, it also makes me blush to say it. If you substitute church members for volunteers, you get the picture right. Nationally, the church member bucket is a bit leaky. We get a lot each year, but we lose a lot each year. We have to figure out how to plug those holes. In fact, the editor of the online blog, Episcopal Cafe, posted excerpts from the report and closed with this questions for comment. Have you noticed a drop in volunteerism in your church and community? Any ideas for how we can turn this trend around? So is that what we are at the end of the day, simply another volunteer organization trying to shore up our volunteer base and show the world our productivity? We are indeed Martha's clanging around in the kitchen while Jesus sits with Mary at his feet no doubt nurturing her with his presence and the wisdom he brings, the wisdom that God brings into a life that is ultimately defined not by doing, but by being. Certainly our work matters, but Jesus reminds Martha and us that God's grace, and indeed the grace of life, matters more. And so I wonder about our Martha window. 
how many of you each week rush out the door or to breakfast or to coffee hour or to whatever the next thing happens to be on your tight schedule and miss seeing the spoon and the broom in stained glass. More an accident of the history of this building than anything else, I suppose it is tucked away quietly out of sight from the day-to-day and even Sunday-to-Sunday activity here. But given our proclivity for work and the hyper-modern version of the Protestant work ethic, might it not be better positioned in a more central location, perhaps to remind us all of our dedication? All right, so I'm being a little bit facetious. And I mean not to dismiss the hard work of our volunteers. I can never thank you enough. But I only seek to illustrate what we already know but too frequently forget as the people of God. Hard work by itself is too often our entire game plan. It's certainly mine, and I'm working on it this summer, except I'm not working on it, if you know what I mean. We should laugh more at ourselves and laugh at the ironic grace that God gives us anyway, just as Sarah laughed and named her firstborn son Isaac accordingly. We ought to chide each other gently, just as Jesus chided Martha for being so caught up, so fraught with her own efforts to be hospitable, that she forgot to stop and open her eyes and ears to the good news the living word that had come to visit and maybe stay a while. We ought to be like the author of Colossians, boldly proclaiming the wondrous grace of Christ crucified so that all our labor falls under God's care. God's hospitality is primary even before our own, and none of it belongs to the prideful self any longer. God's grace comes first. Our work is always second. So we can try hard and pray harder to live into that matter of faith. And then let God take care of the rest. It is my spiritual director who often reminds me, God grows the church. And then I come back to the office and sweat bullets. Let God take care of the rest. As God will for Abraham and Sarah, and God does for the community in Colossae. As God will for Martha and Mary, if you remember the story of Lazarus. And as God does for us in this community, working hard as many of us do, even as we endeavor to better open our eyes with wonder to the gospel at work in our midst. Amen. listening to the sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. 
we are a growing, welcoming community for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org. That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.